come back Your dreams were your ticket out Welcome back To that same old place that you laughed about Well, the names have all changed <laughs> All right, now, let's, did, let's get this party started <sighs> All right so this evening, we are discussing a book that came out in April of 2000, Punisher, the Marvel Knight series, written by Garth Ennis and drawn by Steve Dillon. And the, I believe the first issue is titled Welcome Back, Frank. I don't know. Is that what the trade is called, Mark? Or yeah, does it's called it, Welcome it, Back, Frank. You didn't introduce anybody. I didn't. I'm, I'm going to in no. just a second. I can't work like this. <laughs> I'm, editing I, I in, I'm editing in the intros later. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, like, I'm just going, editing your game. I'm copying and pasting the intros from last week into this week. <laughs> like, We've got a <laughs> uh, Welcome, anyway. everyone. We discussed the oath by Doctor Strange. Here's Ronnie Adams. <laughs> I really like the Punisher. <laughs> All right, Ronnie Adams, how you doing this evening? Oh, I'm just peach king. Oh, that's good to hear. Good to hear. Mark Radlich, so everybody knows what your voice sounds like. How you doing this evening? I have nothing to complain about. Life is wonderful. <sighs> yeah, he's not. He's not right. Not telling the truth. Facetious. <laughs> let's talk let's talk about this book here was there a, a method behind the madness as to why we chose welcome back frank to discuss tonight well you know you know <laughs> um there no there was a method to my madness from what i under i was under the impression and i and i think i've been proven wrong by uh, about this i think Welcome back, Frank. Was more there, there was stuff gleaned from Welcome Back, Frank that was used in Pun in uh, Daredevil season two. Not necessarily uh, the Punisher series on Netflix. I thought that the Punisher series on Netflix was going to draw more from Welcome Back, Frank. That was what I. That's what I thought I had read. Mm -hmm. But upon reading the book. Actually, the closest any representation of the Punisher in movies or television was the Punisher movie with Thomas Jane. Mm -hmm. God, that was all. <laughs> that draws directly. That draws directly from it for the most part. But yeah, the, the the whole idea behind doing Welcome Back, Frank, was it was supposed to be parts of it have been used in other mediums where where they took a, they did stuff with the Punisher. So I thought, you know, okay, well, let, let's get it read. I've, it also came very well recommended. It's one of the best Punisher series out there. Yeah, this this was something that I think I caught the second volume of. Uh, well, I say second volume, but it, this was, man, I don't know what volume this was. It was a 2000 Marvel Night series. Usually if you look at Punisher and you look open up, crack open the inside, down the bottom where they give the credits, they'll tell you like Punisher volume, whatever. Maybe this was just known as Punisher Marvel Nights. I, I can't remember or recall, but I can tell you I read there's a series that occurs after this because this is just a 12 issue contained series and then they did another one punisher i don't know if it was it might have been the max series and again it, it's uh garth and steve dillon i don't know if it continues the story but i remember starting that one got that one from the library and read it i don't think i've read this one until this past week so this is the first time i've gotten into it if i did i completely forgot about it which doesn't make a whole lot of sense because there's so much that's just like mark said that's pulled from this book and used in the movie i would have been like Oh, yeah, that's where that's from. Ronnie, you said you have read yeah. this several times, right? Yeah, I've read it several times. This is a trade you own? Yes. Okay. As fun as The Punisher can be, it's a fun storyline because it doesn't really stick with uh, the, the gritty street level. It does, but it doesn't in some in some parts. And I just really enjoyed it.
enjoy Garth Ennis's and Steve Dillon's work on the Punisher period. So this came after reading some of their other stuff. This is one of those, it's a good story. I mean, it's just a good story. Garth had a long run on Preacher, which is... Uh, a fantastic book. I still have yet to finish it. I haven't completed the the series, but it was a very good series, especially the beginning of Preacher. Him getting a hold of a Marvel property, especially the Punisher, if you have read much about or much of what happened in the Preacher, if you could expect that to happen in the Punisher, you could see where the parallels were. There were some there's some goofy over the top gore and violence sometimes. Mm-hmm. And that happened and that happened in the Preacher. Uh, you know, the only thing I have to reference there is Arse Face. That is <laughs> I think that's the prime example of Garth Ennis creating a character that is almost lovable, but horrible to look at (laughs) his tag team partner, I would say, because these guys were together through preacher as well. Steve Mm -hmm. Dillon, Steve Dillon did pass away last year. Uh, He was a very pronounced uh, comic book artist. Actually, if you go back, I was just looking this up there. I think it was November of last year. Me and Benjamin J. Cologne did a podcast, uh, or at least a a short discussion about Steve Dillon's career and what he had done. But again, one of the things that came up, uh, you know, I'm referencing Preacher again, but Arseface. Garth Ennis could tell you, hey, I want to... Uh, I want you to draw a character who put a gun in his mouth, pulled the trigger and lived. That's fine and dandy, but you've got to find a great artist to put that to paper. Steve Dillon did a great job of being able to interpret Garth Ennis's vision on most of what we saw in Preacher. Here we have this team coming to the Punisher in 2000. That's if you read Preacher, you kind of knew what we was going to what, what, what we had in store here. So our, our story we're going to talk about is called Welcome Back, Frank. I'm going to do things a little bit different tonight. It's maybe similar to Justice League Dark Side War. I don't think it's going to be as <laughs> as chaotic, I guess we'll say, because that one that didn't have yes, too much. Think. If there was a structure there, it would it, it's uh, it's barely seen. But I'm going to give a quick synopsis. And then I think what we'll do is we'll go down through the characters. We'll talk about some of their roles in the book, what we thought of the characters, and then we'll discuss our favorite scene slash story arc throughout the series. You know, we got 12 issues here. It's it's not too overreaching, okay? It's pretty simple. The synopsis is going to cover a, a lot of what happened, and then we'll go into details of some of the things, give our overall th- thoughts on the on the book itself, and then we're out of here. Uh, I'm going through, like, the Punisher books now, and other than, like, circle of blood and and some other ones a lot of these are just collections there's not a whole lot that's with a self-contained story uh other than welcome back frank at least as you know self-contained in one trade you know i i think we i mean there's a handful here but not a lot but i think we chose one of the best ones really to talk about tonight if you have never read anything by ennis and and illustrated by uh Steve What's Dillon. His name? Steve Dillon. Good lord. I got you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, then you are obviously missing out. Yes. And uh and you wouldn't guess that by by me fumbling over words and and uh <laughs> well being a complete idiot. Let me just tell you real quick, I, I kind of copied over some accolades that Garth Ennis had. Uh he won the 1998 Eisner Award for Best Writer on uh Hitman, Preacher, Unknown Soldier, and Blood. Blood Mary or Bloody Mary, Lady Liberty, something like that. 1998 Eisner Award for Best Single Issue for Hitman number 34. And 1999 Eagle Award winner for Favorite uh, Color Comic Book, which was Preacher. Also, if you can get your hands on it, which I think I have a copy, Garth Ennis did 
the 1995 one shot special Punisher kills the Marvel universe. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. I, I, I would like to revisit that one again. Uh, but yes, every single superhero and supervillain on earth is killed by the Punisher. Uh, <laughs> wonderful. All right. Synopsis time. Welcome back, Frank. All right, so this 12-issue series focuses on the Punisher and his one-man mission to destroy a New York crime organization headed by a salty old biddy by the name of Ma, I'm going to call it Nucci. G-Silent? You guys agree? Okay. It's Italian, so yeah. Ma Nucci. Uh, The book shows how Frank carves up anyone affiliated with Ma Nucci, whittling the Nucci gang down to mere single digits. This is the Marvel Knight series, so there is brutality and fistfuls here. We are also shown Frank's alter ego, John Smith, currently living in a small apartment (laughs) complex with neighboring tenants, the larger-than-life Mr. Bumpo, the quiet Joan, and the excitable Spacker Dave. (laughs) I I really wish I had the opportunity to go back and just kind of figure out why Spacker Dave. I don't know. If you guys have any... I might just, while you guys are talking, try and figure out what the hell Spacker Dave is. What a Spacker is. Anybody? I don't think Spacker Dave knows what Spacker Dave is. Uh, the excitable Spacker Dave. After receiving a tip on where the Punisher is staying, things get interesting when Ma hires a hitman known only as the Russian to take Frank out. There is also the Punisher Task Force, a two-person crew consisting of Detective Soap and Lieutenant Molly Van Richthofen, a third person who unfortunately, rest in peace, psychologist Bud Plug. Bud. <laughs> Hung himself, hung himself in detective with his own tie. I mean, that's it's sad. Yeah, and really speaks wonders about that that tie company. (laughs) Whoever created that tie. Uh, so okay, so this two man or this two person crew is attempting to turn their luck around by arresting the Punisher and slash or Ma Nucci, whoever is left after they tear each other apart. To make matters worse, there are a few men that have been inspired by the actions of the Punisher and have been dispensing their own brand of justice throughout the city, further blurring the line on the ethics of vigilantism. Uh, It's gritty storytelling and over-the-top violence as only Garth Ennis and Steve Dillon can bring you in Welcome Back, Frank. So there you go. That would have been, if if Marvel came to me and said, write the back of that uh, first trade, tell, give them a blurb. There's my blurb. Let's, I guess we'll start out here. Let's talk characters. My first on the list here to talk about is Detective Soap and the Punisher Task Force and Lieutenant Molly Van Richthofen. If there ever was a team that was meant to fail, it was this one. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it, they just love their hearts. Uh, they They were given this assignment to fail. <laughs> there was no success. Yeah, they're expected to grab, get the Punisher, mm-hmm. uh, and they're expected to get one of the top crime bosses of New York. Molly seems a little more savvy than than uh, Soap. Soap is just kind of your stereotypical uh, idiot, really. <laughs> I mean, not very. He's not. He's not a, a ambitious in the least. He wants to do good, but I think he wants everything. It seemed to me like he wanted everything, you know, kind of handed to him. He didn't expect to get this this particular assignment, and this assignment uh, is not how he sees his future in law enforcement going. Which you know, I would have to agree. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna get ahead, uh, trying to capture the Punisher is not one of the things that you want to try to do. The Punisher is almost a hero. 
uh, to some cops and some people, uh, mm-hmm. or he is a hero to some, you know, to some cops and some people because he does what they want to do anyway. They want to get rid of, you know, all the, the, the criminals that are just put out on the, back out on the street. You know, he, he ends them for good. He puts a, you know, finally puts a, a final end to it. He's not going to make any fans by doing this, by trying to take down the, you know, the guy that's, you know, that's taking the trash out. You know, as Ronnie was saying, they, they were meant to fail. They were put together. I mean, first of all, I think it, it goes without saying, or maybe it needs to be said, that the Nucci family is in bed with the police. Mm, they're in bed with everybody. Yeah, they ha- so I think there's like a token effort to try to do something with the Nucci family, but nobody wants to upset the apple cart. So they put... I can't remember where I've seen a similar plot like this. But oh, it was the wire. Duh. I knew it was coming. Um, very similar <laughs> situation. <figure>. With the- <laughs> Everyone drank. There was a similar situation with the wire where uh, they had just promoted one of the narcotics detectives to homicide, and a witness had been killed. And presumably, they thought the witness was killed because they were being they were witnessing, and they didn't want that story to come out before the uh, Democratic primary election because it would you know because it would look badly on the incumbent mayor. They put her on it, figuring, well, she's new and she's and she's going to fuck this up. She's not going to solve it, so that'll be fine. And and I remember she finds out about it and like flips the fuck out, and she ends up solving the case. And it turns out it was an accident. Someone who was shooting potatoes and a bucket ricocheted and that killed the guy (laughs) i I don't have to watch that (laughs) that happened spoiler (laughs) (laughs) in any case so it's a very so similar thing here you know he basically gets he's a bungler and he gets put on this case because they they got to show that they're doing something but they don't really want the case solved you know and in this same similar situation with the punisher where you have the cops who are like you know what he's doing a job that we all wish we could do we wish we could just fucking shoot criminals in the street and not have to worry about you know the law my only issue with that is you you, you're you're supposed to i feel like you're supposed to want to root for him and i don't see a whole lot here to root like i don't i don't know i enjoyed their part of the story but i didn't necessarily see him as a sympathetic character did you feel that their i mean their part of the story was necessary yeah because if it was just the punisher shooting people that wouldn't be very interesting now would it okay they really Man, I don't know. The only thing that we kind of see with these guys is just how the Punisher affects their lives. They don't really do anything to... They don't get involved with the Punisher at all until the very, very end where they pretty much just reap the benefits of what the Punisher has sown. They're doing, you know, surveillance. Surveillance is hard work. Let me tell you about the wire. So, uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh dear. Oh man. You don't want the you don't want the cops. I don't care who you are. You don't want the cops to catch up with Frank. You know, one's inept. One's got ulterior motives. Um, that you don't really you know they're not going to catch up with him anyway. You can still enjoy their storyline, knowing that they're going to get maybe close to Frank. You know, maybe close to the Punisher, but not really. You know, there's there's no way they're going to catch him. And if they yeah. do, it's going to be a bad day for them. You know, he's not going to kill him or anything, but he's going to make him wish they were dead. But you look at this team, Soap is just infatuated with uh, with Molly, and he just wants to ask her out all the time. But he finds out that, you know, she's not into guys. So he's like, oh, well, crap. You know, he's taking her out to a, a, a crappy... Uh, got, that's about the time where he starts crying. Yeah. Like, oh, geez, man, come on. Get, yeah, uh, get it together, is, dude. This guy's hopeless, man. He is. And um, he, he made his first partner commit suicide. <laughs> 
I mean, his partner was a was a psychologist. You can't make anyone commit suicide. He clearly wrote that in that letter. Wrote that he was on that he was on his last legs, and that was the final straw that broke the camel's back. But ultimately. As somebody who works in the field and deals with this on an ongoing basis, you can't make somebody want to kill themselves. They have to be there already. I understand the character felt guilt about it, and certainly people pointed at him, but they're all wrong. That guy was already over the edge. Yeah, well, with a name like Bud, if you had a name like Bud Plug, all right? That, that, that he didn't was, make that was him a, commit suicide. He helped him along. No, no, the only you you can't help somebody along unless you literally hand them the instrument. Dear God, the, Mark, <laughs> let me have this. <laughs> Absolutely not. It, it goes against my entire job. You know how many people? <laughs> you know how many people I, I that come into the jail on an ongoing basis? You know who threatens suicide? No, there is no making anyone commit suicide. God damn it. Well, now that Mark has sucked the fun out of this podcast, <laughs> um, anyway, well, I'm they might be it's a literal, but uh, so we find out that Bud Plug is on his last legs, and that, <laughs> uh, that what Soap has said has set him off. Can I say that? Sure. He took what Soap said to heart, and he was like, "Well." If if this loser can't, doesn't like me, then I might as well just go ahead and end it all. Well, I can't recall anything horribly offensive that Soap said to him, though. He I called least... his entire work mumbo jumbo. Okay, yeah, he, okay, he ain't wrong. Well, he, he, he ain't wrong, but <laughs> the whole suicide by Bud Plug is just a good suicide by Bud Plug. That's a good example of Garth Ennis and his dark style of writing. I mean, there are some dark moments that happen in this book. And I thought when I was reading this, I didn't see that coming. What was that? Like two issues in Bud yeah. Plug's dead. And I'm Bud like, didn't oh. last long. <laughs> no, he didn't. <laughs> I, he did Bud not. Was not long for this earth. Uh-uh. And there are some moments that uh, throughout this book. And I know as we go on and talk about some of the characters here uh, again, it just continues to st- it, it skirts that line with all oh, why should I be laughing at that? Because that guy died. <laughs> yeah, right? Right? <laughs> should I should I laugh at the suicide? That's yeah, awful. why not? That's awful that's funny. I, that's why I said um as fun as a punisher story can be. Because you're yeah. like, oh look at that. He you know, his name was Bud and his he, name was Bud Plug. His Bud Plug and he obviously didn't like life very much. <laughs> Oh no! What have I done? I'm laughing at this. This is there's a special place for me now. <laughs> now, uh, at the end of the story, reap the benefits. Uh, like I said, that the Punisher had some where they uh, Punisher leaves, and I think a- a- he runs into them on his way out after you know completing his mission. But he runs into them, gives them some files that pretty much make their career. I think uh, Detective Soap becomes mayor. Uh, yeah. I think, and uh, then commissioner is a commissioner. Maybe that's what it is. And then Molly becomes like uh, she furthers her rank, whatever she ends up being. I I, I don't recall, but I, I know at the end of this story, they're they're sitting better in better positions than they were. And instead of being the love, or not, instead of being the losers that they were, they because of what the Punisher has done and the Punisher and <laughs> the Punisher's involvement in their lives, they're they're reaping they the blackmail material. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, let's move on. Let's let's talk about Frank Castle's apartment, friends. We got Mr. Bumpo 
uh, Specker, Dave, and Joan. I mean, they were kind of like side characters. They do become pretty important towards the middle, near the end of the series when Bumpo came became very important. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right because each one of them this, became interactive. Go ahead. This whole plot with the, with the apartment people was directly ripped out of this book and put in the Thomas Jane Punisher movie. Oh like, yeah, wow. almost I think to the detail. Anyway, without some sense of humanity, what is Punisher but like a crazy murderer? You know, um, I think having him interact with some norms, like like if you think about Batman, right? When when Batman is in the cape and cowl, unless he's got one of his sidekicks around him, he's not really interacting with anybody. He's just he's he's doing his detective work. He's punching ninjas. He's doing what he's got to do. The only sense of humanity you get from Batman is when he's Bruce Wayne. But then even as Bruce Wayne, that's all and that's all an act that he's doing to cover for the fact that he's a psychotic murderer who's running around in the streets hitting people with ninja stars. I think with the Punisher, who doesn't necessarily have an alter ego or anything like that, he, he doesn't have a mask. In order for him to be somewhat uh, relatable, I think you need to give him characters to interact with that show his humanity. Without any kind of humanity, Punisher isn't somebody that we should be rooting for. He's just a murderer. Yeah. But at least here, he's kind to Joan. He's kind to Spacker Dave. He's kind to, to Blimpy or Bumpo or Dumbo, Bumpo. whatever the hell his name is. Bumpo. <laughs> To take it back to your to to the humanizing part of this too, with his apartment friends, they get involved, not not in the way they're supposed to. Of course, the one the, they are going after the Punisher after they get that tip, they can't find him, so they start uh, inquiring in quotes with the residents of the apartment, including one Spacker Dave who has all of his piercings my gosh all of the piercings yeah. on his face removed as a, a a means of torture but yeah you know that that also fuels the oh man i cannot wait for the punisher to get his revenge mm -hmm. get his you know justice for what what occurred there like you said the the they could have been any characters really i mean but you have to show the humanity of of the the punisher and i think that's what the new show does really well it shows the, the human side of of frank um because he's not just a cold-blooded killing machine he he wants revenge and he feels like the only way he can get his revenge is to kill everyone you know in the comic books he it was he, his family was caught in a firefight between two warring mob factions uh, it, it's been changed over time and th you know everything like that you know hits and they were caught in the crossfire so there was no real direction for that than you know you bad bullet to your head mm -hmm. you know what was the, what was the year he he debuted 19 Oh, I want to say 76 or 77. I could right. be off there. So Maybe. you've got him coming right off the Vietnam War. Uh, military service. He knows his stuff. He knows his weapons. He knows how to fight. So it's it's been pushed. You know, in some storylines, he's still, you know, a Vietnam vet. He's just getting up there in age, but he's still in amazing, you know, shape. And his, his vendetta keeps him young, I guess. And then, you know, it's been pushed to, you know, he, was, he served in, you know, uh, in the Middle East you know in iraq and you know afghanistan things like that so there's there's only one way for him to to get his vengeance and that is to eliminate all the criminals there is something you know buried underneath that those scars buried underneath that tragedy there is a man who was once a loving husband and father uh -huh. and in some storylines he was trained to be a priest i was a man once you know before he got married and you know went you went into the service there is a human aspect to him otherwise he wouldn't really do it be doing what he was doing 
he let the human side that that pain that anguish come out and now is buried by sheer rage mm-hmm. in the new series it shows him playing a game of pass with a with a with a kid mm-hmm. and he's encouraging him he's like yeah that a boy and i'm like man that does such a good job of showing that he is not only just a mindless murder Killing. machine. Yeah. He he's a, he's a he's a human being. So that's what you need these three characters for is to show that he does have a, a human side to him that cares about other people and cares if they, you know, get hurt or not. Yeah. Let's talk about the the whole was it the holy Mr. Payback and Elite. All right. The three vigilantes that have been inspired to go about dispensing their brand of justice in their neighborhoods or um, amongst the world. Again, if you if you just make this the Punisher shoots people, especially with the ease at which he cuts through the Nucci family, it, it, so it would not be a great book. But I do enjoy the idea of, look, let, let's go back to Batman for a second. Okay, so we're in, so there's a guy out there who dresses up as a bat and he's uh, and he's punching people and throwing ninja stars and taking out crazy criminals. Okay. So you're inspired by this, right? You're like, I want to be just like Batman. Think about like what happens in the dark night. There were people that were inspired by Batman and they too took to the streets. And as he reminded them, he's not wearing hockey pads. Um, you know, it would be very hard to be Batman. It is not hard to be the Punisher. You need one thing to be the Punisher, a gun. And, you know, and just walk the streets and shoot people. That's the Punisher. So I love the idea that just a simple concept of I'm a guy with a gun and I'm going to shoot bad people. When you think about those of us who deal with the worst elements in our society. Yeah, some of us are some of us are going to be driven a little crazy. Some of us are not going to be able to take it anymore. And so I love the idea that you have this priest who, like, people are, you know, to commit these horrendous acts of, of violence uh, on their fellow man. And he was like, okay, now absolve me. Like, that's kind of not the point of Catholic absolution to, like, be the worst you can possibly be and then get, like, a freebie pass and get to go do it all over again. That's yeah. really not how confession's supposed to work. <laughs> and I, and I, I'm a Jew and I know that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love the idea that he just fucking snaps and starts taking an axe to these people. That's great. And then you have Mr. Payback. Kind of reminded me of Dogma, you know, the two angels, you know, kicking in the door. I don't know if you guys have ever seen Dogma oh, yeah. before. But mm-hmm. Yeah, they're in the corporate office. And it's like, you know, one of them's like a pedophile and all this stuff. And then the, at the end of it, it's like, like you've done nothing wrong, but you didn't say God bless you when I sneeze. No, 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 don't shoot her. Let her go. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I love the idea, especially now. I think the idea of Mr. Payback resonates really well with oh, our yeah. current society. When you consider like how many people would love to just kick open a door and shoot fucking, you know, this is going to be a dated reference, but I can't think of a more modern one. Uh, Enron, you know. <laughs> Kick open the door and shoot everybody at Enron, you know, who ran that company right in the face. This is all on our worst days and our worst, darkest moments. People we can picture ourselves being. And even the elite. I love the idea of get out of here. You're going to lower the tone. So he puts a hand grenade in a car in a hot dog cart. <laughs> God damn. We paid a lot of money to live here. Don't lower the tone. It's fucking perfect. And later on, when they can't decide on a unifying theory to get themselves together, they just know the Punisher needs to lead them. But, like, you know, the elite and Mr. Payback keep fighting because it's the usual, it's the bourgeoisie, you know. Yep. <laughs> and, you know, at odds with the, uh, uh, with the worker and all of that. It's fucking fantastic. 
did did you pick up on the I don't want to say it's subtle because I think it's more in the face, but the commentary about oh, justice here, because I don't know if you identified much of what uh, Mr. Payback was saying, but I mean, yeah, you're, you know, you go in there and these people are responsible for 90% of that stuff that he was spouting off. Now, what made him different from Frank Castle? What what was the difference there? I mean, other can you other than them just not picking up a weapon and and shooting people, Castle seems to go after the more hardened criminal, the people that are killers for sure. But there's that sense of injustice where these people are getting off scot free, even though they have committed all these horrible horrible crimes and re- resulted in probably way more way more damage to families and friends than actually goes noticed the the idea of of big corporate um creating all these problems and then getting away with it it kind of reminds me of the you ever seen the movie the rainmaker it's matt damon where this kid is a just pass or trying to pass the bar he takes on this one the one big case where he's fighting uh fighting for this kid to insurance basically okay you know the insurance company said yeah we'll cover you they ended up not covering him and um, he wins the case and you know they call him the rainmaker because he you know he made it rain with that one case at one time Mm -hmm. and um so you know they he took on the big the big guns and, and and came out you know the little man actually won it was it's that whole thing taken to the extreme you know we're um we're sick and tired of being you know walked on so we're going to uh, take it into our own hands and we'll murder you all um because <laughs> that's yeah. what he, you know that's what he wants is he wants he wants to kill them so i you know i get it you know i, I get where they were what they were doing where they were going with it do i agree with it not really but you know well mark what separates these guys from the punisher you tell me in the punisher's mind uh he says it right there what what's the line at the very end like you're <laughs> you're a lunatic you're a nazi and you huh. and does the name maria lopez mean anything to you maria lopez was a cleaner at the world wide investment building she died when one of your bullets went through the wall of the boardroom she's one of four innocent people who've been cut down in your crossfire of and you're in the crossfire of your little crusade just because you couldn't be bothered to plan properly so i think that the what he's trying to draw delineation here is between the fact that you know frank castle very much knows what he's doing he's not a lunatic he hasn't snapped as such at least in his mind. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I I take argument with that. I say he snapped yeah. a long time ago. I'm saying in his mind, he's not like, he's not reacting the way, he's not reacting out of anger the way the, the priest is. And he looks at, you know, elite and says, you're a Nazi. And again, for, he's not telling anyone how to live their life. He's not saying you, you have to die because, he's not making a sort of cultural judgment on someone. Mm-hmm. And then the lastly, you know, I think the Punisher is making a point that he goes out of his way to make sure innocent people don't die. And this guy just just sprayed an entire room and didn't really take into consideration who mm. else might be around when that happened. This is a point of good storytelling, in my opinion, because yeah. it, this is where it has me going, okay, look, yeah, all that's fine and good with what the Punisher's trying to say, but we just witnessed this gang, Monucci's gang, show up at his apartment complex and torture one of his friends. 
And that was clearly because the Punisher is the Punisher. It's almost just as similar as that one random person catching a bullet from the, the Mr. Payback's gun. No, I completely disagree. Yeah, I, I, I kind of disagree with that too. The Punisher didn't ask for those friendships. He didn't go out of his way to make them. He didn't ask for anything for them. They all, they all, I mean, Joan kept bringing him cookies. Joan clearly wanted to connect with him in some way. Spacker Dave went out of his way to say hello to him. And when he, I mean, the only one that, that really didn't have a part to play in this was Bumpo. But Spacker Dave and Joan latched on to the Punisher. You know, they nursed him back to health. They reached out to him. He did not reach out to them. I mean, he, the, when he gets but, shot up, he, sh- you know, he goes into the apartment and he would have just died on the ground if he had had his druthers. They chose to link themselves to him and therefore they took on the threat of possibly being drawn into his world and, and exactly what happened to Spacker Dave happened. Here's my argument against that. Because the Punisher is in the presence of anybody you know the blame lies on his shoulders i guess you could say because he decided to take up residence he knew he was putting those people in danger just by being there if somebody knew who he was whether he interacted with them or not where was he supposed to live in the street I, I don't, I don't, exp- I don't know. I don't know the answer. That's why, again, I think this is a good piece of storytelling because it makes you question as to what the hell is this guy supposed to do? Like I see what you're saying. Look, not everybody can be a billionaire and, you know, and have a cave underneath their house. He had to live. <laughs> I know, but he He's knows, just a dude. he, he knows in his one man war of crime on crime, he's a marked man. No matter what, somebody's probably going to figure something out. He can be as quiet as he wants to be, but the, you know, yeah, his best bet is to live under a bridge, man, as <laughs> stay away from the public <laughs> as best as possible. But no, instead he goes into this, he goes and decides to live at some random apartment complex. That's the risk that he runs. I, I don't see much of a difference between the Punisher and those three guys. Other than these guys all thought that they were just, I want to say dispensing their brand of justice. No, I'm going to use a different term. These guys all thought that they were dispensing their brand of justice. And they, they had, uh, you know, they, they thought. We use a different term. (laughs) Only the exact same one. He, he, these guys all thought that they were right in their own mind. The Punisher is the same way. He believes that what he is doing is right in his own mind. And he is right for doing that. But I'm not arguing that. I'm arguing the the thing with the friendships. Again, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay on this point. He didn't ask any of those people for their friendship. He didn't. He you know he didn't seek them out. I mean, if anything, he tried to ignore them. Yeah. And they all kept coming to him. And I feel like there comes a point where you know where Joan or Spack or Dave made a choice, and they made a choice to continue to associate him, even when they knew what he was. I, I do want to point out here that throughout the whole book, except for like the last issue, Punisher just called Spacker Dave by Dave. But we've made sure that this whole podcast, <laughs> we reference <laughs> Spacker Dave as Spacker Dave. <laughs> he would be proud. It's almost like, okay, I move into my house, but somebody doesn't like me. So because I moved into this neighborhood, they want to get at me. So they, you know, burn my neighbor's houses down. Is that my fault? No, you're not responsible for what other people right. do with their crazy decisions. It's kind of the same thing. He needs a place to live. He finds the most nondescript place he can. You know, this this it's a dump. You know, for all we know, they're squatting. We, you know, we don't know what their financial situations are, if they can afford anything else. We don't really know what's going on with that, other than the fact that he just wanted to play. He just wanted a place to live. It's not his fault that the you know the Russian and and all these mob guys 
come storming into his, you know, his apartment, start pulling, you know, nose rings out. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's really not his fault. So real quick, uh, do you guys, uh, a little bit of trivia, who plays the Russian in the Punisher movie? Kevin Nash. Very good. Yeah, he kept that hairdo for a little bit, too, throughout the WWE, yeah. didn't he? Yeah, he did. Wasn't that great? <laughs> no, it was kind of <laughs> awful. He also did not have, he did not speak, did not have any, you know, in the comic book, his, you know, the Russian was very vocal. Oh, yeah. Um, but he didn't, he couldn't do a convincing Russian accent. So they were like, you know what? Let's just make you the strong, silent type. <laughs> and then he comes they, out. I wish it. they had spent some money and gotten Arnold Schwarzenegger to, to do a... <laughs> oh, man. Because that was the part he was born to play. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Only they should have had him do it as, instead of the Russian, they should have had him do it as Mr. Freeze and, <laughs> and, and just, just do all of his lines from Batman and Robin. Hey, Punisher. <laughs> Chill out. Chill out. <laughs> Chill out. Hit him with a chair. Take a seat. Uh. <laughs> um, but and then in John Wick, he comes up and he actually has a convincing Russian accent. Nash, Nash. Nash. John Wick. He, yeah, he was uh, he was the guard at the door. I yeah, don't remember that. John John Wick puts a gun to the back of his head and he and he's like, "Evening, Mister Wick," you know, or Mister Vic. And uh, he said, "Hey, you know, you're looking good. Have you lost weight?" And he's like, "You know, I've lost fifty pounds." He's like, "Keep it up. Why don't you take the night off?" And he goes, "Thank you." <laughs> he just walks I, off. I think I do remember that now. Wow! Wow! That was Kevin Nash. And right. you're welcome. Yes. Yes, indeed. Let's rock and roll. We're heading toward Ma Nucci. All right. <laughs> she's just the worst, man. She's the best. She's awesome because she is the worst. She, she has no arms, no legs. Was now wait. By a no scalp. You're, and you're... proceeds to throw herself out of a burning house and gnaw on the punter's <laughs> ankles. Right. She's the best villain in the Marvel Universe ever. <laughs> I have I have a picture. Let me see if I can share it with you guys here. I'll, I'll try and find it. But it is her <laughs> flying through the air going, I'm going to get you, Punisher. That's <laughs> Why has that not shown up in a Punisher film? I Look, can like, we get... Can she's we, so filled with rage and hatred that she's going to chew on his ankle. Can she's we, talking the whole time while she's can trying we get to get a chew. live action adaptation of the entire Welcome Back Frank book? And just to see... I want to see, like, I don't know. Who's who's still alive? Is Rhea Perlman still alive? Can we get her as Manucci? <laughs> oh, and she's have, dead. Oh, <laughs> damn it. No. I'm looking that up ben, right now. How about uh, Estelle Getty? I think she's dead for sure. Oh, for, fuck's sake. for sure. For sure. It's been a while. I think that's been a long time. Is Cher still alive? Ray Perlman is still alive. She is still Ray an Perlman. active actress, by the way. Age okay. 69 years old. Good for her. I need Rhea Perlman with no arms and no legs being thrown out of fucking burning window. <laughs> have no. No, oh, John Bernthal's. <laughs> yeah. Now we're talking. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that whole scene is so great where she does that and then he just kind of kicks her ass back into the fire. <laughs> fly it into the fire. Get off me. Get what off me. Thinking? Oh, okay, either Rhea or Cher. Can we see? Can, can, uh, let, let's be serious for a moment. Cher as Ma Nucci. You know, <laughs> think of like Cher from Moonstruck. Huh? <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, I love that movie. Uh, uh, snap out of it. Yo, Punisher, you. Uh, I can't. Oh, it'd be beautiful. Okay, now chop off Cher's arms uh, and legs. 
and then have her think you can turn back time while she's flying out of a burning window. <laughs> oh, that's great stuff. That's Oscar material right there. Now let's let's talk about let's, let's talk it, about just, how he's like <laughs> Kevin Feige. I need Josh Bernthal to punch a polar bear and for Cher to come flying out of a window. Make it happen. Oh, Josh Bernthal. John Bernthal. <laughs> Don Burn, what is it with you and names, man? That's his brother. John, John Stewart. <laughs> I need John Stewart. Oh, okay. All right, now hold on. All right, let's talk about. We we have to talk about how Ma lost her lost her legs because if we don't, we're not going to be able to talk about polar bears. <laughs> the Punisher is running through the zoo, and he ends up in a polar bear uh, exhibit. I and... think it's it's it, there, there's some important setup we're skipping to. Okay, you do the setup. Doesn't he chuck a? Uh... A claymore. <laughs> it says front towards enemy, and it just lands in their laps, and he, he yes. blows them up, and then yeah, attacks exactly some with a flamethrower. And the only thing he's got left is a pistol, and he's like, "Well, we'll have to make this work." I'm like you just you used an explosive that's supposed to sit still. And <laughs> he threw it. And you I know, that was amazing. Somebody, dude. and we would say, "Oh, I guess we can try to make this work." You please. <laughs> um he he runs he runs off because he's like you know he's down to a pistol and um he he takes refuge in a zoo oh the kills the kills it, throughout the zoo are so cool so he 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 ties it up to where um he, you know a boa constrictor eats one of the guys uh, and then the other guy you know one of the other men throws up because he looks and sees like all this or no that's when you know he dips he drops one of them into a freaking Piranhas. piranha yeah. tank and they throw up looking at him and uh can i just say that uh that garth ennis has the greatest throw up noise ever <laughs> written in a comic book black 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 he says hey what else can we do to absolutely decimate all of these you know all these men hey let's jump in a bear pit and he looks at them and they're they're polar bears and he says hey they're they're sweet cuddly and docile this won't do and straight left hooks one of them and just <laughs> takes the bear off and then you know, runs from him and he jumps he, he uses one of the one of Namu, uh, Ma, manucci's men as a as a springboard and the other one turns around and goes <laughs> right there i love that because they don't know what what the fuck what, he doing? He just what's he doing where's he going and one guy just looks back and goes huh it's bears and he has a big old smile on his face yeah, too which is just hilarious he's, he's like this, well, what else can you do? I mean, it's bears. Okay. Can we talk about the face that the bear makes when the Punisher hits him? <laughs> it's, it's the epitome of confusion. <laughs> that bear is confused and mortified. That man just punched me. I'm a bear, and that man just punched me in the face. What is happening? That bear does not know what's going on right now. What you are seeing right here is actually when, when me and Benjamin sat down and talked about Steve Dillon's career, we found a website that listed, I think, like 10 to 15 great panels that Steve Dillon had done. And this the was, Bears was high one of them. on the list. <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing. It's I need that tattoo across my back. <laughs> <laughs> tattoo that, that, that look at that bear. Imagine <laughs> the quotation marks. It's Bears. 
I mean, dude, if you were a if you were a comic book artist and a guy come to you and said, "Okay, I want you to draw the Punisher," okay, now follow me, follow me, here. <laughs> stay with me, okay, Steve. All right, here's, here's what's gonna happen. Punch this bear. Frank is gonna punch. All right, get ready. A polar bear in the face, and you have to put it to paper. I mean, just a wonderful job. One of the he uh, honestly probably looked in the mirror at that moment and just drew his own face. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, what? Bruh, what? What is happening? What have you asked so me to great. do? This is honestly the high point of this whole book. It is, dude. It really is. It, it, we when we look back at this series, there's like three things that we'll remember: the Russian, I, the polar bear, and Manucci. Go ahead, because I, I don't even think about like this. Shouldn't have been called Welcome Home, Frank. This should be called Punisher Punches a Bear. <laughs> <laughs> and it like builds up to that uh, issue 11 here we go he's in the zoo they they, they paced it wrong uh, that should have been the, the the end of it not kicking a limbless manucci back into a house fire <laughs> him punching a bear and it I'm mauling to bite everyone if, if i could turn back time punisher i'd bite you in the ankles <laughs> Well, okay, so we, we did, we talked about the polar bear. Now, the polar bear, of course, gets angry and destroys the one uh, springboard guy that Punisher uses. And then we what we think happens is that the polar bear kills Ma, but in fact, just makes her become a, a horribly disfigured quadriplegic. Uh, no arms, no legs. And I mean, just disfigured. Thank she goodness the only thing really that looks limbless. Yeah. Yeah. And she doesn't lose a step, just like we said. No. She continues. She's <laughs> bedridden. She, she's bedridden. Like the one guy walks in there and says something that offends her. And she's like, hey, shoot that guy. Nobody's like taking her seriously. It's like, okay, now since you didn't shoot him, I'm going to have that guy shoot you. Okay. You're not going to shoot him. How about. <laughs> this guy you shoot him then shoot him and then finally at the end of like five panels three people are dead because nobody takes her seriously now that all changes of course um but she says all right hey you <laughs> idiot shoot your friend in the face and he's like no nah, but you know Ma, you that's, dimwit. hey dimwit you know yeah, two dimwit number two in the face and he's like but that's my cousin and she's like all right dimwit number three shoot dimwit number two and then shoot dimwit number five or number one, about, number five. Talk about chapter five for just a second. This is after she's been mauled by a polar bear. Okay, and when she's in the hospital, in the first page of the first panel, what do you mean? How am I doing? <laughs> it's she's got a wig that looks exactly like her her hair used to. Mm. And you pull it off, and there's three massive like claw Dunks. marks. Yeah, she I mean claw marks down her skull. And then you I, know, hang on, I, I gotta read through this. I was only asking. Ma, I mean, I was trying to be polite, you know, show a little concern. You dimwit. Shoot my brain damaged cousin in the face. Yeah. Ma'am, are you deaf or something? Kill cousin Stevie. Hey, hey, now, Ma, come on, Mrs. Nucci. You don't really want me to shoot him. I don't. Oh, of course I don't. Silly me. I forgot my employees know better than I do. Second dimwit. Kill first dimwit and my idiot cousin. Now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, me? 
<laughs> no, meathead. I want Namor the Submariner to do it instead. Of course, you, you fucking idiot. <laughs> she, she's, I, can't, I can't kill Joey, ma'am. We've been buddies our entire lives. Ma'am, really, you can't be serious. Ma, please, wait a minute. I was only asking. I mean, sure, we're all real emotional right now. Hey, what do you mean? What are you doing? Mrs. Nucci, I'm sure he didn't intend no disrespect. <clears throat> Third dimwit. Kill second dimwit. And his lifelong friend. And my cousin Stevie. Ma, no, I'm blood. I am Mrs. Nucci. Please reconsider. This is crazy, ma'am. I'm family. Really, please. So crazy. Bam, bam, bam. Good. He's just, he's like, no, no, she's, yeah. Boom. Uh, She just kills all three of them. Like, yeah, we're done here. And then she says, 10 days ago, I was fed to a pack of polar bears. (laughs) (laughs) I was fed to them. Oh, man. Now, I want everybody, if anybody is doing a drinking game for this particular episode, I think you're probably plastered if you decided to go with the drink every time the guys laugh at horrible, horrible disfigurement or death. Yeah, <laughs> in the book because again we are laughing at something that is extremely extremely dark and uh, uh, another testament to garth ennis's writing here and, and what occurred i mean this is just so absurdly it's just so absurd but it's hilarious at the same time so Manucci, i mean i think she deserves uh, uh, at least a place in the hall of fame on the source material podcast for being one of the most outrageous characters that we've had the opportunity to talk about so we made it through polar bears. We made it through Monucci. Best wow. Marvel villain in the history of Marvel villain. Better than Thanos. <laughs> no, I just want her to be given her her due. She's the greatest Marvel villain of all time. Okay. We need we we need her to be in the next Avengers movie. We need <laughs> I want mom. I want more Manucci. Oh my gosh! Listen, if she's not in the the Punisher series by next season, I I'm going to riot. Here's here's the thing. At the end, after credit scene, Thanos, after being defeated uh, and and upset about the Infinity Gauntlet, is talking to a shadowy figure on the screen. It's freaking Manucci. Lights reveal the mastermind behind it all. Limbless Manucci. <laughs> all right let's talk about the russian the russians we're just about done here i mean I, I don't even know if we get to talk about our favorite scenes because we have talked about quite a few but the russian mark Rylich, the russian what do you think of the russian uh, the russian was funny i mean i the whole time i was doing schwarzenegger in my head oh yeah and i don't know how he didn't kill the punisher i know i mean dude. he hit a yeah well, i no see, human being can take that kind of punishment we you forgot about frank's secret weapon mr bumpo <laughs> I think with the exception of Ma Nucci, that Mr. Bumpo being used as a weapon is probably my favorite scene out of this. The question that begs to be asked is what's wrong with me um, because of that. But it's just incredible because he's got the, okay. The introduction to the, the Russian is he is, there is this elite force of military oh, dude. that are, they're planning, you know, a, uh, to to rush this house you know they've got their guns they're ready to go they're 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 speaking the lingo and they run in and you just hear gunfire screams and 
and uh, it's so funny it's because worse. they get introduced like Delta Force or whatever it says, and it's yeah. all like, like, oh man, these guys haven't been in the Marvel universe before, have they? Oh my, they got the big old uh, superhero emblem that when the when the text comes out, and you're like, oh, yep, they don't last too long. <laughs> They are done. The last one was was the guy ran out naked with a gun wrapped around him. Yeah. <laughs> like what what did this guy do? And it's the Russian. And he's pretty much invulnerable except to heat. And he's I guess he has some sort of some low level super strength because he wrapped a gun around somebody's, you know, uh body. So they're like, you know, she's like, get me the Russian. It's 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 cool because it's another one of those that uh one the, what I like about the series, you know, on Netflix and uh certain stories like this is it is self-contained, but it's it stays very aware of the world around them. Mm-hmm. So he's obsessed with uh with superheroes. He loves them, he loves Thor, he loves uh, you know he He's talking about, you know, Captain, I think he talks about Captain America and Thor, a few yeah. others. And, and he, he's just, he's obsessed with American culture too. Cause he likes Levi's and he wants to go buy many pairs of Levi jeans. They're like, all right, go kill the Punisher. He's like, okay, no problem. And he goes and he just messes the Punisher up. Just almost, it's almost scene for scene for, uh, in the movie with Thomas Jane, which Kevin Nash actually got stabbed in that movie. I remember hearing about that. Yeah. And he didn't want to lose his job. He didn't want to lose the part so he didn't say anything until it was over they're like oh by the way you probably need to stitch me up and they're like what happened he's like well he jammed a blade in my shoulder oh what he's he's going against you know all odds here and then when he throws a hot pizza that mr <laughs> bumpo has ordered into his face and it horribly scars him he's like hey you know i'm onto something here and then he just you know he gets better and puts him you know puts him to the ground grabs mr bumpo and lays on him because Mr. Bumpo apparently weighs a lot, a lot, <laughs> because he keeps breaking toilets in the comic book. And they're like, all right, Mr. Bumpo, this one, you know, if you, if, if you break this one, we don't know what we're going to do other than get you one made out of adamantium. <laughs> so really, who hasn't broken a toilet? I can honestly say I never have. Well, and you're not living. <laughs> yeah. I guess not. Wow. <laughs> he grabs Mr. Bumpo, says, all right. I'm going to use your body mask to smother this man. And, uh, and they just lay there. He goes, uh, how much longer, how much longer do we have? He's like, just a little bit longer. It's just, oh my gosh. I mean, I I want you to look at this. Okay. I'm sharing the screen right now. I'm sharing the panels right now. And you guys probably have them in front of you as well. Let me get back over here so I can present to everyone. Okay. Now just look at that top panel. Okay. We have one man (laughs) laying on the ground, a rather large man. And then Frank Castle, you know, on the back of this other guy. And he says, how long has it been? About 20 minutes. Let's give it another. 10 so these guys have been laying in that same position for 30 <laughs> minutes let's give it another 10 okie dokie <laughs> you know the boss oh that's great that's good stuff uh I want to be murdered by you so i guess i'll just lay here <laughs> it's just so funny could you imagine that being in the punisher series <laughs> I mean, this- that's the thing. You know, I, I've run up Batman a couple of times, and what I really liked about this particular book is how not serious it takes itself. Yeah, I mean, yeah. come on, there's some silly things happening here. Like we 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 were having some fun there with Manucci, 
But, it, but I mean, the, but the whole thing with the polar bear and, you know, and then her launching herself out the window and biting his ankles, it got silly after a while. Oh, yeah. But I loved every minute of it. And, mm-hmm. I'm, and, it, and it's nice every once in a while to read something that is chock full of, you know, like Deadpool takes it to a degree that I don't think it needs to go. You know, Deadpool is like too silly. Mm-hmm. This was this was if they could be such a thing, the right amount of silly. Okay, I can feel you on that. Um, anything else you'd like to say about the Russian there, Ronnie? Before we, uh, Mark has his, have his words on it, it's a deadly character that was still. Fun. Yeah, let me let me characterize or characterize. Let me clarify that or add to that. How's that? Um, I want to stop sharing this real quick. But I I told you guys I went to a website called TVTropes.com, and they <clears throat> my guess is the purpose of this site is they take a story and they will associate tropes that happen throughout the story okay uh but one of them and this is this is just paints the russian to a t uh the trope is and call him george uh, yeah. so <laughs> then it proceeds to tell you what what that trope is in the book. The Russian gives a mook a side hug, crushing him without even noticing. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> he killed a guy. It's just he's all happy hugging. and everything. He's like, oh yeah, let's go. And he grabs one guy and just <laughs> crushes the dude <laughs> to death. How do you not laugh at a soldier who's like running with the gun wrapped around his neck and he's covering up his genitalia and he's yelling out mommy? Yeah. <laughs> ah, the Russian. All right. Uh, and now we've talked about the Punisher quite a bit throughout here. Is there anything you guys would like to say about the character of the Punisher? I mean, this is for myself. I'll just say that this is a Punisher that, you know, written by Garth Ennis is, is a lot different than the Punisher that I was. I say a lot different. I mean, we still got killing. We, we've still got, but there's the added humor and we've, we've talked about and laughed about that all night. Uh, so this is a Punisher that I really didn't feel deviated too much from the norm. He was still with this one man war against crime. I love the sense of we've, what we've already talked about that sense of where is, is Frank crazy or is, is it legitimate? Uh, is his gripe legitimate and his actions something that can be separated from people like elite and the holy, you know, that, that was what I think I took from when it comes to the Punisher himself and his character in here. I'm sorry with with everybody else, you know, you had the, you had the priest who snapped and you had the elite who just wanted to protect the, the home value of his neighborhood and you have payback who is, you know, declaring war on, you know, corporate interests and all of that. The Punisher was just out to take revenge for his family. He was avenging the loss of his wife and kids. I think that ultimately is the huge difference. I mean, maybe that that isn't as meaningful to you guys, but, you know, but I... But like I said, I, I got the sense from the Punisher that this was a very personal thing. Like, you know, like every one of those guys had an agenda. His only agenda was my wife and children will not die in vain. Mm-hmm. You know... I, I want to bring this up here, Mark, and let you take take off with it. And Ronnie, you can take off with it, and then we'll get into our final thoughts. <clears throat> Daredevil's appearance, mm, Mark Radlich. Yeah, I'm so um, glad you brought that up. Yeah, because we, oh, yes. we, we danced around that. Didn't even, we, we've been laughing so hard. That's probably one of the most serious pieces in this whole book. Uh, what do you got to say about that, Mark? Well, first of all, it, it showed up in season two of Daredevil. That's right. Mm. I think that bear, that's, that, that's something that needs to be talked about. But other than that, I, you know, the the TV show actually did a really good job of discussing everything that happens in that scene, which is here you are, you self-righteous people, you, and you make these judgments. Well, now I'm going to put you in the, in, in that position and Daredevil makes the, makes the decision to, to kill Frank Castle. 
It's like, you know, it's very easy to say I could never be a killer until you're faced with that very proposition. Yeah. And it's only weighted more with the fact that Matt, Mur- Matt Murdock, Daredevil, is a lawyer uh, in his day job. Uh, so, you know, he's got the law to abide by. Uh, so that just makes it even that but much. But he's not abiding by the law. He's a vigilante. Okay. Last, last time I checked, that's still against the law. Yeah. You can't take the law into your own hands. And I think that's what the Punisher's saying to him. It's like, it's like you and Spider-Man and all these other heroes are real big to tell me I can't take the law into my own hands. But what are you doing? And what would you do if it were your family? Mm-hmm. I think they sum it up best. You know, Daredevil's there to stop him from from killing a, a criminal. You know, taking the sniper shot, and he sets Daredevil up. I mean, that's you know, he knows he's good. he can't beat him one on one. You know, hand to hand. So he sets up this sonic trap and knocks him out. And he wait, and Daredevil wakes up and he's got the gun taped to his hand. He's chained to a pole. He's like, it's, it's you know, a hot it's. <laughs> 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 and he and he said, you know, Daredevil's what's this? He said, one bullet, one shot, one chance to stop me from uh, uh, killing Dino Nucci. And uh, yeah, that's who it was. It was, it was a Nucci. And he says, it's time for the, you know, it's time for that choice you were telling me about. Because he tells him, he's, you've always got choices. You can choose not to be the killer. And he says, you can't break loose in time. You haven't got the space to throw the gun. Tell him all this stuff. You know, it's got to be a headshot. I'm wearing Kevlar. And he says, if you don't shoot, you've got a death on your conscience, a death you could have prevented. If you do shoot, you're a killer. And he says, what, and Daredevil says, what kind of choice is that? And, he, and, you know, Frank just looks back at him and says, the one I make every time I pull the trigger, the one I'm making now. And, you know, and of course, Daredevil goes into that, you know, you, you know, you got to be out of your mind. I'm not going to kill you. You know, he deserves to be taken off the street legitimately. You know, the system works. We've got to do it by the law. And he said, the thought of Dino Nucci living one more minute is enough to drive me insane. And then, uh, you know, Daredevil you know, cocks the cocks the uh the revolver and uh even frank's like you know that's the spirit and he makes the choice he pulls the trigger to stop you know to stop the punisher and there's no firing pin in the pistol that's a He's long a, night for daredevil you know yeah it is it was He's, represented so well in the series man i love oh, that part i mean i, I will tell so, you right now i love the punisher series standalone itself mm-hmm. but it's going to be hard to top that that scene and, oh. and those parts in daredevil season two for me yeah. because that represented so much of it helped you understand the punisher's motives that helped you understand exactly it, it helped you understand Matt where the murdoch a taste of what he goes through every time he pulls the trigger Mm-hmm. Those first three episodes that featured the Punisher before he got caught and, and ended up in prison uh, and on trial and all that were the best parts of season two. I you know I remember saying that mm-hmm. when we talked about it on on um, TV party tonight, where like the the Electra parts. I mean, like I like I liked I wasn't as hard on Electra as some people were, but I didn't think her story was all that interesting. The Punisher story was the best stuff. John Je- uh, Jeffrey Bernthal is. is <laughs> You are just you're he purposely horrible. did that shit. <laughs> um, Jehoshaphat Bernthal is fantastic. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> it's not Jehoshaphat. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right. Well, any, okay. I I think let's just go ahead. We'll get in our final thoughts and plugs here. Mar, uh, Ronnie, I'll start. I've been giving Mark the lead here for quite a while. Ronnie Adams, your final thoughts on this book as a whole? 
as a whole, man, it's uh, it's just a, I think it's a fantastic it's a fantastic Punisher story. It displays a lot of humor, which we're not used to with the Punisher character. It does a very good job of of showing you you know the choices that he makes and and uh, the human aspect behind behind this man with the you know the not roommates but uh, neighbors the neighbors. Yeah, thank you. So he does care about other people. He's not just this mindless killing machine he, he doesn't want anybody else to get hurt nothing's going to sway him from doing his job we're on a roll here between this and runaways like just can we just not do any more source materials because i'm afraid it's going to fuck up our streak shut down right? <laughs> you know no one show has been canceled <laughs> should have been canceled two good books in a row obviously <laughs> Something has something's going to conspire against us here later for sure. The next one up is Princess Leia. We'll see how that goes. I don't. I don't. But, uh, I don't think it'll be too bad. Yeah, I don't think anyone. I don't think the universe collapses in in this in the Star Wars books. Um, <laughs> what? Too too much money to make for that shit to happen. That's <laughs> so yeah. true. Syphilis doesn't destroy the Star Wars universe. <laughs> Syphilis is not coming <laughs> to the Star Wars universe. And thank God for that. Um, no, I mean, I really enjoyed this. I enjoyed talking about it. I was really excited about this show tonight. Um, and I tell you, it was a breezy read. Like, I, I killed mm. this in one day. Mm-hmm. Um, in like a couple hours. Uh, and, and like I said, it uh, I, I I just tore right through it. It was an easy read. It was an easy, it was easy to follow what was happening. I laughed. I cried. I hurled. It's one of the best books we've done this year. <laughs> All right, Garth Ennis, Steve Dillon. There's that team of creators usually brings you some great stuff, uh, especially when we're talking street level. I think, and and even if it's not, I mean, Preacher dealt with angels, demons, all sorts of crazy stuff, but it kept it at this humorous dark level that made you that made it made you laugh and then feel guilty about it right um, <laughs> this story is 17 years old now so what yeah it's a good story and it's, it's held up been adapted into a show a couple years back i mean there's some there's some great stuff here and, and, and a movie <laughs> more than that we didn't have to worry about dark side war where there was just an overabundance of characters there was <laughs> we talked about them for a long time tonight but really there's only five sets of people we that we had to worry about about the police, Punisher, and like three or four villains, and it the in a mosh pit full of dog vomit. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly. So all yeah. that matters is my new cheek. Green Boy Podcast is the name of my show. We have uh, we talk. Uh, pop culture, nerd culture. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, we recently did a uh, an update on uh, what Comic Cons we've been to. Jesse and I did uh, that. Sh- that's out. Um, the next show is going to be soon. Um, we're going to collaborate our schedules and make sure that we're that we can all be together. And I think we're going to talk a little bit of the uh, the Punisher series. We're not going to go crazy into it but i do want to talk a little bit about the new runaway series Mm. the three episodes that that are out sounds fun you can find us on just about any social media possible uh facebook we're going to uh or we're going to uh you look up uh screaming boy podcast we're on there please give us a like twitter uh at screaming boy pr give us a follow instagram follow us on there we've got a lot of great pictures from uh three different uh comic cons that, that have been to in the past a lot of great uh, cosplay that was happening uh there as well so give us a follow on instagram it's uh screaming boy productions so uh in 
you find us on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and right here on the Radulich and Broadcasting Network. All right. Very good. Mark Radulich, the schedule, sir. All right. Uh, if you're listening to this live on YouTube, and really, why wouldn't you? Tomorrow night on Damn You Hollywood is our review of Coco, uh, the latest hit from Pixar. It is inside out levels of fantastic. Take your children, take your wife, take your mistress, take your adopted 37 year old daughter. It doesn't matter. Take somebody and go see huh. Coco. Uh, Wednesday on the Metal Hammer of Doom is Ronnie Adams' favorite band, Cannibal Corpse. Uh, we're we're going to be reviewing the new album, Red Before Black. Next week, if you're listening, Listening to this on the Rattle and Broadcasting Network. Tomorrow, we'll be reviewing The Punisher on TV Party Tonight. And then on Wednesday, the December 6th, we'll be reviewing uh, The Cavalera Conspiracy on The Metal Hammer of Doom, Psychosis. That's what we got going on. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, go give the Rattlich in Broadcasting Network Facebook page a like to stay up on top of all the great podcasts that we have to offer. This show here, source material, we're this is 100 and, uh, 140 plus episodes, so uh, there's got to be something out there that you probably want to hear us discuss. Best way to go about that, find a book you'd like to read, see if it's uh, something that we covered in the archive, read up, and then listen to the podcast, because if you listen to us before you read the book, you might get some spoilers so just be prepared but uh either way I, a listen's a listen right ronnie adams i don't right. care if you listen to it before or after one way or the other uh just uh just listen that's all i ask don't feel don't don't feel shy feedback's important we don't hear anything from anybody we'd love to hear from you Keep an eye on blogtalkradio.com for all the great content that we have. That's wrestling. That's MMA. We talk video games. I'm ready to get out of here. You guys ready to get out of here? Ronnie Adams. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that's Ronnie Adams. That's Mark Radlich. I'm Jesse Starker. Have a good evening, bud. Plug. Ronnie Adams is going to like go talk to somebody else and be like, like every fucking Monday night between <laughs> Jesse and Mark. I'm so sick of it. I just want to talk about Listen, comics. I'm I'm okay. I'm just glad y'all aren't scheduling anything. <laughs> <laughs> we wait till the end of the show to do that. <laughs> Look, so every week it's like something new. I'm really afraid of what's going to happen next. I'm going to come down here and like, you know, the printer's going to be in two pieces. Or, oh, dad, I'm sorry about the radio that dropped on the floor. Uh, yeah, that that uh, cup holder that sticks out of the computer broke off. Wait a second. That was the CD drive. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, cup holder. That was the funny thing. I threw the horns up in a bunch of photos. And my wife was like, did you please stop throwing horns up? Can we do one without the horns? <laughs> Can we do one that we can send to the Christian families? All right. <laughs> well, it's not like source material is not known for dispensing misinformation. Like every single episode. <laughs> you know. You ready? No, 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 okay. no, no. We'll do this in the order that you want. But if we don't talk about if we don't talk about punching polar bears, the podcast sucks. <laughs> Okay. I should say, we have gone an hour into this podcast and I have not been able to talk about punching a ball in there. My music is a cosmic entity. Oh, no. Oh, We've no. gone too far. Yeah. Well. So, what I'd like to see is Galactus show up and, like, you know, 
Brooklyn, and he gets a hold of Ma Nucci, who is legless and, and armless, as per usual, and he turns Ma Nucci into his herald, and she becomes like a nagging wife to Galactus. Can we do that? That'd be fantastic. Galactus, you're too skinny. Manja, manja. Galactus, get this planet full of dimwits, eh? Oh, my gosh. Oh, wow. Oh, what? <laughs> what if Manucci was made of spaghetti? <laughs> You're welcome. Plugs, Ronnie Adams, please. I want to get out of here in like 10 minutes. My freaking cheeks are going to fall off, dude. Uh, <laughs> don't put too much thought into it, Ronnie. Just let him go. I, okay. <laughs> It's an inside joke. Don't worry about it. It's me and somebody who isn't listening to the show. I was going to say, who is it? Well, that makes a lot of I don't think any one of us know what you're talking about. Nobody gets. Uh, one person, on, one person on Earth, possibly two people, would understand what I mean by it. If you're That's a good podcast right there. Let's talk about references that nobody gets. Me, you don't have to get I said let it. him go. I said let him go. I, I can't let the stand start your... <laughs> <laughs> it has to go. Just let it go.